Hello, my name is Alec Feldman. I do a radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. UK time. And this is the podcast of that radio show. It's all the best bits without the music, maybe some of the rubbish bits as well, mainly just the whole show, minus the songs. Every week we're going to release it so you can catch up on what's happened on the show this week. Just one thing to mention, I give out our contact details quite a lot throughout the course of the show, so you'll hear that on this podcast, but obviously it's a podcast, it's pre-recorded, so if you do send in a message about something I'm talking about to the numbers I say, I mean I'm not going to read it because it's already happened, it's in the past, it's pre-recorded, and no one's going to see it anyway, but here's the worst bit, you might still get charged for it, depending on how you send it. And even if you don't get charged for it, it's still a waste of your time, it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of everybody's time, and so I just wouldn't bother. If you would like to join in with the show and send me your stories or play our games, then you can do that just by listening live every Saturday afternoon, 3 to 5pm UK time, on Wizard Radio Station. So that's that out of the way. All there is left to say now is enjoy the podcast, subscribe to it, and maybe leave a little review as well saying how great it is. Not if you don't like it, though. If you hate it, don't bother. Thank you very much. Here's the podcast. This is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alex Feldman. What? What do you mean it's Alex Feldman with a C? Oh, this is Wizard Radio, and you're listening to Alec with a C, Feldman. In the spirits of the events at the Ecuadorian Embassy this week, I've decided I'm going to spend the entirety of the show smearing poo across all of my walls. And then at five o'clock, I'm going to be dragged out by some police officers. It's going to be a fun one. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from London, Alec Feldman. My favourite Billie Eilish song to date, Bad Guy, on Wizard Radio. Before that, Marshmallow and Church is here with me, which is actually my favourite song that's around at the moment. So two of my favourite songs in different categories starting the show. Welcome to it. You are very welcome. I'm Alec Feldman. Thanks for having us on this afternoon. I am live on the radio until five o'clock. So do stick around for the next two hours. Many things will be happening. Things such as a sort of a tribute to someone that died recently but more more solution to a problem which i've identified so a tribute come solution is coming up before four o'clock and talking about crying at stupid things um a 23 year old who i think is not very functional as an adult because he still lives with his mum and just seems like a bit of an idiot more on that coming before four plus after four o'clock why we don't deserve nice things exclamations you can't stop using and this bit is exciting at 10 past four today i bring you an exclusive scientific study that i personally have done you won't hear this anywhere else it's some original research i've spent many many hours doing it many hours um yeah that's not a lie it definitely didn't exist this time an hour ago no it definitely did exist this time an hour ago. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, it, it's totally exclusive and original and scientific. So stick around for that and find out what my groundbreaking research is about and all the usual stuff as well. 60 second guide at half four, connect four at 10 to five. That is the next two hours of broadcasting. Sound good? Good. Stick around and you can hear all of the goodness with me 
plus music wise push baby becky hill and vice coming up medusa i'm really excited to play that one before four o'clock as well and ariana grande is on next now all of that housekeeping stuff is out of the way that is how the next two hours sound the next few minutes sound like this week i learned this week i learned every week at the beginning of the show i share with you three things that i have learned in the last seven days that I want to share with you so you don't have to learn them because I'll just, I'll tell you some life advice, if you will. Lesson number one. This week I learned that capitalism sucks. That might seem either to be a totally ignorant and stupid statement or something that's blindingly obvious, depending on where you come from. But this is something I have first-hand experience of this week. I was exploited by a, a ruthless employer, uh, sort of. Not quite. Got, I wake up on Wednesday morning, as you do when you're bored in the holidays and you have nothing to do, sort of 9, 10-ish, something like that. And you check your phone first thing, and you're like, oh, I have some missed calls and a voicemail. Now, nobody ever leaves me voicemail, but I was like, maybe I should, I should check just in case it's important. And it was someone saying, oh, are you still free to work today? And I was like, I mean, I've got nothing planned for today, but it's like an hour after you called me. So I called them back. And they're like, oh, maybe, yeah, if you're still free to work today, please, we'd like to have you. And I was like, yeah, I'm free. And she's like, okay, she's let me call you back. I just need to check something with someone. I'm like, oh, brilliant. Some work. I'll get up straight away. I'll have a shower and put a shirt on so I can get there as soon as possible. I, I don't even know what the job was. I'm guessing it was some kind of event waiting thing. I don't know. And so I, I put a shirt on. I'm all nicely dressed. I'm having breakfast. I'm just sat there in a shirt waiting for the phone to ring. And I finish my breakfast and I put all the stuff away and I'm waiting for the phone to ring. And then I go to brush my teeth and I'm waiting for the phone to ring. And about an hour passes and the phone hasn't rung. So they didn't actually want me, I'm assuming, given they never called me back. So I, I got out of bed and put a shirt on for nothing. And this is why we need to overthrow capitalism. It's, it's official. That's what needs to be done because... They never call me back. That's what needs to happen. That's lesson number one. Okay. Lesson number two. This week, I learned that sometimes the descriptions of films you get on Netflix are misleading. I won't tell you too much about this one now because we're discussing it again in about 20 minutes time. So just hold that thought. Sometimes the description of films that you get on Netflix, they're misleading and they can lead to emotional distress i'll say lesson number three this week i learned that people can take months to reply to your emails i think i had a rant about this a while ago now about how nobody ever replies when i email them and annoy them i never get a reply and it's just annoying and i was very angry and it was like this is rude weirdly this week i got a reply to an email i sent in february two months later I got a reply. Obviously, I was really excited about it. I did a little dance. I was very happy. So the moral of the story is, even if you've sort of given up on getting a reply to your email, two months later, they might actually reply. Equally, they might not. So I don't really know what the lesson is here. There's no guarantee that they will reply after two months. But sometimes they do, unexpectedly. That is the lessons for this week on This Week I Learned. Capitalism sucks. Sometimes the descriptions of films are misleading. And people can take months to reply to your emails, but sometimes they will actually get round to it. Who knew? Educational already, and we're only 15 minutes in. Push Baby is coming up. 
after Ariana Grande. It's the new one from her with Victoria Monet. Everyone is talking about the song. It's called Monopoly, playing right now. Yeah. A song that has generated loads of discussion on the internet about things and Ariana Grande and speculation and rumours. That was her and Victoria Monet with Monopoly. I really wish that song was about Ariana's love of the board game. I feel like it's not, but it should be. We all know, I talk about this far too often, how much I love the board game Monopoly. I think, you know, if me and Ariana and if me and Ariana had that in common, that'd be quite nice. If we ever met, we could talk about it, but I think it's about something different. I don't know. It's Wizard Radio. I'm Alec Feldman. Hi. So, um, some sad news this week, actually. Um, a guy, a guy called Ian Cognito, he, he died. He's a stand-up comedian. Now, total honesty, the first time I heard of this guy was when I found out that he had died. And, you know, it's very sad. Sort of thoughts with his family and his friends. I don't want to make light of his death. However, I have identified a problem. The way in which this, this poor fellow passed away was somewhat unconventional because it was a stand-up comedian. He actually died on stage. Um, I saw someone on Twitter saying, it, like someone who knew him said, he would have loved that. That is exactly how he would have wanted to go. What a legend. So, you know, fair play. He died on stage. He was doing a stand-up routine. He'd made a joke early on in the routine about having a stroke. And so everyone was like, uh, funny, a joke. And then what happened was he sat back on a chair and leaned back and sort of stayed there for five minutes. And everyone was like, oh, what a good joke. Oh, he's, he's referencing that thing he said from earlier. Oh, hilarious. And the audience, you know, sitting there laughing and clapping and, you know, time goes by and he doesn't move and he doesn't say anything. And then obviously it, it turns out that he is, um, you know, he, he died on stage and it's all terribly embarrassing. The audience are obviously like, oh my God, we were just laughing at him and sitting there whilst he was dying. We're awful people. Which, you know, maybe they are, but how were they to know? It could have, it could conceivably have been a joke. It was a stand-up gig. That's kind of what you expect from stand-up gigs. And, you know, they eventually after five minutes, someone realised, but they couldn't they couldn't save him. So he's, he died, which is very sad. Rest in peace, incognito. And I was sure I'd heard of an incident like this happening before. And so I looked into it and I had. There was another guy, another comedian called Tommy Cooper, who I think was very, very famous in sort of the 70s and the 60s. And he died in 1984 in almost identical circumstances, except his death was broadcast on actual live TV, which makes it even worse. Like, he sort of keeled over and was like, oh, he's being silly. Oh, look at Tommy. Ha 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 ha. Isn't it funny? Everyone watching on TV like, oh, this is brilliant. Except, yeah, he'd actually had a heart attack and died on national TV. And obviously, because it's a comedian, nobody realises that it's not a joke. They just think it's a joke when actually they were both gravely ill. Now, this is, this is, I think, a problem. It's happened too often. I can only find two examples, but two examples is too often. And we need to stop this. If you are a funny person, there is always going to be maybe a little worry in the back of your mind that if you were to actually be seriously ill, no one would ever take you seriously. It would almost be like a boy who cried wolf kind of situation. Everyone would be like, oh, what a wacky guy, isn't he funny? When actually, uh, you know you're dying and everyone's laughing at you, which is really mean. So here is the solution I've come up with. You need a special code word. There needs to be a word that you can use. And that's how people can 
tell the difference between someone pretending to die for a joke and actually being seriously ill and dying. That is how you tell the difference. I don't I don't know what this word should be. I don't know if anyone has any suggestions. I was thinking something I don't know, something that you wouldn't associate with illness if you're like, no, ah, oh no, something doesn't feel right. I'm not joking. This is real. This isn't part of the act. That will sound like it is part of the act. So it can't be anything like that. It has to be something totally unrelated. What could it be? What could it be? I mean, I'm just looking at stuff in front of me. You could say laptop, but that's a bit rubbish. Or water bottle, mouse, microphone. I think something that conveys panic, like, um, I don't know, code red or fire the nuclear missiles. I haven't necessarily thought this through, but I do think that there needs to be a word that is universally agreed, universally recognized. That is how you tell people that you're not dying as part of a joke you are actually dying and i think this is how we end the terrible crisis to in sort of 50 years the terrible crisis of comedians dying on stage because people think it's part of the joke just just some thoughts to share with you um rest in peace ian cognito i suppose this is push baby and mama's house wizard radio that was mama's house by push baby i'm alec feldman hi welcome along I'll play you Becky Hill and Vice next. Um, I could get used to this, which I had a bit of fun with last week. And also, Neil Bazzi is coming up. First though, on This Week I Learned, about 10 minutes ago, I mentioned how one of the lessons I learned was that sometimes the descriptions of films can be misleading. And I want to elaborate on that. But actually, before I do that, the third lesson on This Week I Learned was people can take months to reply to your emails. I want to extend that to messages because I've just had I've just had a message from someone that I added on Facebook in January and just assumed no, it was December actually and just assumed they ignored it just got a message saying sorry sorry for not getting back to you that's weird what are the chances okay so that's that but anyway the more the important lesson here is that sometimes the descriptions of films are misleading so let me tell you more I I was shown a film on Tuesday and the film was sold to me as being a film about time travel and i was like oh brilliant i like films about time travel like doctor who and back to the future that sounds right up my street nice bit of sci-fi it's quite fun i'm totally digging that and um the description of this film on netflix was when tim learns that the men in his family can travel in time and change their own lives he decides to go back and win the woman of his dreams now in a way that does sound a bit like Back to the Future, sort of. Not quite. Doesn't he end up sort of getting with his mum or something weird? I can't remember. I haven't seen it for a while. And I was like, okay, this sounds this sounds quite good. A fun little sci-fi, potentially comedy kind of film. No, 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 no. Oh no. This was this was not a sci-fi film, my friends. This was quite the opposite. It was actually a rom-com. I don't really do rom-coms. It's not something that I'd ever really sit down and watch and be like, you know what I need? I need a good romantic comedy in my life. No, I don't do that. And what's more, it wasn't just your average rom-com. It was a Richard Curtis rom-com, a.k.a. the rom-com king, the guy who brought you four weddings and a funeral, the guy who brought you... um, What's the other one? What's the one everyone watches at Christmas? Love Actually, that's it. You see, this is how poorly educated I am on rom-coms love actually that guy 
rom-com legend and also the guy i think that started up comic relief and he, he had a film um 2013 it came out called about time which i've never heard of never but apparently it's a thing and so i sit down to watch this i was not prepared for what i was about to view nothing like a, a film about sci-fi in a way the time travel was quite secondary to the plot really there was no time machine nothing fun like that he just sort of got in a cupboard and clenched his fists and all of a sudden he was in the past and it was it was oddly emotional and moving and i'm not a person that cries at films ever ever but this film it really got me there was just a scene right at the end it's like oh my god this is so emotional I don't know whether I was tired or just expecting a totally different film, but it totally snuck up on me. And you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna go out and say it and admit it. Just just on the radio, no biggie. I cried at this film. This film made me cry. This is such a rare occasion. Even I was a bit taken aback. I wasn't expecting it at all. But yes, I cried at the rom-com by Richard Curtis about time. I've confessed that to you now. That's out in the open. This happened. It's not a film about time travel. Film descriptions can be misleading. Um, I'm a bit annoyed I got caught out, but we are where we are. What has happened has already happened. You can't change it. So yeah, I cried at a film this week and I think, I mean, it's stupid, isn't it? It's a film. You don't cry at films. It's silly. So is there anything worse than a Richard Curtis rom-com that has made you cry recently? I want you to admit it, please, just so I don't feel quite so stupid. 07807-183-538 send me a text or an email station at wizardradio.co.uk or on Facebook drop us a message over there with Wizard Radio you can find us what stupid things have you cried about recently because I need some solidarity is that the word some reassurance which basically people tell me that I'm not quite an idiot not as much of an idiot as I think I am for crying at a Richard Curtis rom-com about time travel. That's what I'm after, please. So if you can help me out, send us a message. We'll go through them in a bit after Bazzy. And now this is Becky Hill and Vice. I could get used to this, but listen, listen carefully. This is Alec Feldman, the podcast. I could get used to this. Everyone's mate, Bazzy, who drives a white van and works as a plumber, he's back with Paradise. And before that, I noticed after what I talked about last week, Becky Hill and Vice took my advice, no pun intended, and got George Ezra on that song properly. That was Becky Hill and George Ezra and Vice with I Can Get Used To This. <laughs> Don't think that I'm not going to play that version every time I play that song now. Forever. That's it. That It's done. It's the only version you'll hear on this show. It's Alec Feldman here. Thanks for listening. Medusa is the next song I'll play you, which is very exciting. And Blackpink is coming up as well before four o'clock. So I made the confession about seven minutes ago now that... I unexpectedly cried at a film this week. The film was about time. It's a rom-com of all things. And it just hit me in a place I wasn't expecting it to hit. And I got I got emotional. 
There we go. It's out there now. It's open to the world that it happened. Thankfully, though, you've you've got on board with this and reassured me that you also have cried at stupid things, possibly more often than I do. Lily says, the man who's made me cry more than anyone else, more than even my dad, is arguably a substitute for a father figure. It's David Attenborough. I don't know why. I just find his program so emotional. I just start crying or penguins or some rubbish. I start crying about how amazing he is. And then I always think about dying. And that makes me cry even more. (laughs) Wow. His new Netflix show, Our Planet, honestly had me in a cycle of tears because of what I just said. It's just a lot to deal with. Wow. When you say you think about dying, do you think about yourself dying or the planet dying or David Attenborough dying? I can't quite work it out from your message. But I suppose all of those things would be quite sad. Um, and I did see, I saw this clip that was doing the rounds this week from our planet. It's the one with the rule. Wal- how do you pronounce it? Walrus. You know the one I'm talking about, if you've seen it. Yeah. I mean, that one's that one's weird to watch. I wouldn't say it made me cry as such. I was just, I was like, okay, wow, that happened. I was expecting it, but still, wow, bleak. I can, I can kind of see that though, Lily, why Attenborough would be an emotional experience for you. So, fair enough. Erin has been on as well. She says, I really love Lewis Capaldi's song, Someone You Love. Who doesn't? But I never found it emotional until I went on Instagram and actually saw what Lewis Capaldi looks like. Right. I, I'm intrigued. Please explain. And he does, so that's good. Heartbreak and breakups can be devastating for the best of us. Oh, come on now. He says, when I saw just how ugly Lewis Capaldi is, I realised how much worse it must have been for him. Don't be mean. He says, uh, don't get me wrong. If you're any good looking, then a breakup is difficult. But I guess you must realise that loads of people would date you. Lewis Capaldi is so ugly that this really could be the last love he ever had. And it made me cry just thinking of it. Aaron, come on. Don't bully Lewis Capaldi. He's not ugly. He's just unique looking he's he's special yeah that's it i think that's unnecessarily harsh on lewis capaldi especially after this song he'll probably have the royalties rolling and people will be queuing up for him trust me he'll be fine don't you worry about lewis capaldi don't get overly emotional about him he'll be all right callum says i cry whilst laughing the whole time and i don't understand why why do i always end up in tears whenever i find everything really funny it's so embarrassing you're a cry-laugher, Callum. That's an interesting one. I feel like I always hear about cry-laughhers, but I never really experience them in the flesh. I've never seen someone cry-laugh. I just hear people who say they've done it. I'm not entirely convinced it's an actual thing that happens to people. I'm, I'm not. Because it's not, it's not necessarily tears of sadness or emotion. It's just... The laughter, if it this is a real phenomenon, it's the laughter and you sort of screwing up your eyes whilst laughing, which maybe causes a tear or two to be squeezed out of your tear ducts. But I don't think it's necessarily an emotional response where you go from extreme happiness to extreme sadness. Feel free to text back and correct me if you want to. But I am not personally convinced that you can actually cry whilst laughing. At least not in the way I'm talking about. Not in the same way I cried at about time the rom-com film that i watched this week probably not lauren says 
last week I was just having a really bad week. It was a lot for me to take in. Nothing in particular happened, which led me to cry. It was just a combination of little things that really annoyed me. Oh, Lauren, Paul, come here, come here, have a have a radio hug. There you go. Um. Anyway, she says, I thought I had a five pound note and I couldn't find it, and I thought I lost it, and I was in Tesco at the self-service checkout, and they just started crying. I felt helpless. I was one of those people crying in public. It was awful. Oh, public crying's next level. At least I was in the comfort of a living room. That's that's too much. And at a self-service checkout as well. What you're essentially texting in to tell me is that a self-service checkout, not even a real human being, a robot that can only say a, a set number of minimum, uh, sort of a minimal number of pre-recorded phrases, made you cry. That's what happened. A robot made you cry. Wow, that is unfortunate. That's real extreme. When a self-service checkout makes you sob at an unexpected item in the bagging area. Benji as well has been on. Click, the movie by Adam Sandler, makes me cry every single time. The movie's actually ridiculous, but it just always brings me to tears. I'm not familiar with that one. Is it a particularly sad movie? Should we look this up? Let's see if that one has a misleading Netflix description, actually. Is it on Netflix? Let's search it up. Click. Um, it is on Netflix. The description is, Overworked Michael Newman stumbles on a universal remote control that gives him the power to pause or fast forward through scenes in his life. Yeah, exactly. This this makes my point perfectly. Thank you for your message, Benji, because you have perfectly proved the point I'm trying to make. These descriptions are rubbish. They're not informative at all. I would not have guessed by that description that it would have brought Benji to tears. I really wouldn't. I think we need a new rating system. Instead of telling you what age it's appropriate for, it should just say, maybe on a scale of one to five, how likely it is a film will make you cry. This is my suggestion. I think it'll save everyone a lot of time. It'll overcome the issue of misleading uh, Netflix descriptions. Thanks very much for those. I now feel okay again about having cried at a film. Oh, yes. And now this is exciting. I get to play you this incredible track. It's by Medusa featuring someone called Good Boys. It is called Peace of Your Heart and you will love it. That was Medusa with Good Boys. The song is called Peace of Your Heart on Wizard Radio and it is great. But I would like to discuss something with James Gilmore, the producer of the show. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. So you know that song? I do. We just played it. Yes. I've been listening to the radio in the week, as you do. Well, obviously not this radio station, but okay. No. I mean, I've got to have something in my ears Monday to Thursday. You mean Monday to Wednesday? Yes, that's what I meant. Thank you. So I've been listening around okay. and different radio stations and different presenters have different versions of the song, right? Okay. So you know the bit where he goes, um, what is it he says? So, what? Sorry, just quickly. What if it's da, yeah. da, da, that bit that gets changed. So instead of saying what? Sorry, just quickly. He'll go, oh, sorry. Name of the radio station. What if it's and he like puts their name in the song and I was like oh that's really cool okay or the name of the presenter so um do no. do I get a version no you do not can I have a version no you cannot why not ratings oh one word ratings what if I email Medusa myself and ask for one if you would like to embark on that challenge although I would 
probably ask you not to because that would create an awkward relationship between us and the record label. Not right, to get too so, industry politics on you. So, in short, I don't get a version of Medusa where it says, What? Sorry, Alec Feldman. What if it's. Da, da, da. I, you, I can't have that. You can if we let them say, What? Sorry, Alex Feldman. No, I'd rather just have the original, to be honest. Yeah, I've changed yeah, my mind. It's fine. fine. That's okay. fine. I just thought I'd let you know that was the choice. Okay, okay, fine. Yeah. Glad we cleared that one up. No problem. And now onto something totally different. Um, my mum actually drew this, drew my attention to this. It's an article that's come up on the BBC about something that a lot of sort of young adults are having to do, which is move back home because they have no money at all, none of it. And so, um, because they have no money, they have to move in with their parents, and this creates a lot of interesting situations and i was reading this article about this guy he's 23 years old he's moved back with his mum and she's complaining about living with him because it's a bit of a nightmare and i'll be honest despite being much closer in age to the 23 year old son than the mother i'm with her on this one this guy no offense to him he just sounds like a, an idiot i mean listen listen to this what's he what's he does he just lists all the things he's done wrong for example when he loads a dishwasher he puts the glasses in upright so when all the water pours into the dishwasher they fill up with water anyone anyone can do that i knew how to load a dishwasher when i was probably about 10 i knew that you put the glasses in upside down this is common sense like how are you 23 and you don't know how to load a dishwasher first of all um what else and apparently this guy just goes around eating everything in the fridge and the mum's like oh no sorry we were gonna have that for dinner and you've eaten it and he's like oh well if i saw some chicken in the fridge obviously i'm gonna eat it and make myself a nice nutritious meal like no mate again this is the kind of thing that anyone house trained has known for a very young age there are certain things in the fridge where you go oh mum, can i have this and she'll go no don't touch it it's for something else and you'll be like okay fine this is a, like an example of house training that i thought everyone had been through more to the point, why are you having sort of chickens and an entire sausage, like a big sausage, at lunchtime? Just have a sandwich like normal people. But no, he's cooking himself up a so-called nutritious treat with all of their dinner ingredients. It's like... Idiots. Um, what else has he done? Okay, he puts the oven on, Gaspark 9, to cook one sausage. I'm guessing the sausage does not need to be cooked on Gas Mark 9, and if, you might as well do a few if you're going to put it on. But then, he leaves it on for the rest of the day. That's just idiocy! I refuse to believe that anyone who is 23 years old, they have lived on this planet for over two decades, does not know that you're supposed to turn an oven off after you've used it. What does he think it does? Do you think it's the central heating? How is anyone this thick? Like, no offence to the guy. Again, I'm sure he's a lovely chap. I don't, I'm lost for words. Why would you leave an oven on? You must be you must be seriously lacking in the intelligence department if you do that. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. I'm not going to attack this poor guy any further, but come on. Leaving the oven on. No, I can't. I can't. I've got to move on because otherwise I just rant about this all day. Moving on to Blackpink. This is Kill This Love on Wizard Radio. Wizard Radio. 
that was Black Pink and Kill This Love. I'm Alec Feldman. Thanks for having us on this afternoon. Nearly four o'clock, which means it is time for Connect Four. Whoop whoop. This is the game we play every week. The main bit happens in 55 minutes time, give or take. But now we need to set it up. We need to get it ready. We need you to play the game. How does the game work? You ask. I say, have you not been listening for the last four months? Okay, fine. I'll tell you. Actually, it's been longer than that, hasn't it? It's been about six. Whatever. Connect four. You have to connect four words. That seems quite simple, right? Not quite. The words are randomly picked from the dictionary. We flick the dictionary. Whatever words at the top of the page, when I say stop, that is the word you pick. We do that four times, and you have to find some way to incorporate all of them into a story. And it can be quite difficult because the words are quite random and weird. I think we had... We had our first ever double-barreled word last week. I can't remember what it was, but there was definitely a hyphen involved, which was quite exciting. So who knows what could happen this week? It could be could be anything. And to get those words, we go over to James Gilmore, who has the dictionary and is ready to flick. Hi. Hi. Well, I've got a very exciting announcement this week. Ooh. Okay. What's the announcement? We are using a different dictionary this week uh, i know it's very big news it's very very big news um and i'm lost for words yeah this dictionary it's the oxford mini school dictionary difference big difference this time now in color oh my god yes and this one was published not in 2004 but 2007 so That's three extra years of words. I yes, basically three extra year of words, and honestly, I'm just excited for the new innovations that this change is going to bring us. Does it still have the words arranged in alphabetical order? Yes, they decided that would be something that they'd keep on in 2007. I can't Good talk decision. about the newest version. I don't have that to hand, but in this one now in color, um. They asked it in alphabetical order, yes. Okay, so what colours can you see? Well, on the front cover, there is a purple and a green and a yellow. And then on the sides, you can now see the alphabet in blue. That sounds gorgeous. I think all the words are in blue. Yeah, the words are in blue. Like the bold words, the main words are yeah. in blue as well. Oh, very nice. So, no expense spared. What a difference three years makes. Yes. So, are you ready for your first flick through the colour dictionary? Just about. Just about. Okay, then. This is a momentous occasion. Let's do the first ever flick of the Oxford Mini School Dictionary in colour. Go. Flicking. He is flicking. Does it feel different? It does. It does. Okay. Stop, please. Okay, I've stopped. The first word, ironically, one we've already had before, so we're not going to use that one. Um, okay, this one. It's Drake. Drake. Which officially means a male duck. As in Drake, who was at the O2 this week? Or the O3, should I say? Yes, or a Drake, a male duck. Okay. Well... This is something that was not in the old dictionary for sure. Definitely So Drake not. is the first word. Let's have another flick for word number two. Flicking. 
truly is a game changer this new dictionary stop okay um this one wow okay this is i'm saying this is where the difference comes yeah broadband wow that would definitely not have been in the 2004 edition no definitely not incredible so we broadband, have drake and broadband as in a continuous internet connection using signals over a broad range of frequencies very good word number three please get flicking doing this in reverse okay can you see lots of bright colors going past your eyes it's almost startling <laughs> maybe wear some sunglasses next time stop okay the word is wow okay swift Sorry? Like Taylor. Yes. You see, if you move away from your mic, Alec, we can't hear you. Sorry. Like Taylor. Yes, or like fast. Interesting. So we have we have two potentially musical names this week. Yes. Very interesting. Let's have one more. Okay, flicking. We have Drake, Broadband and Swift. What will the fourth word be? We will find out now. Stop. Okay, I'm not sure if we've had this one before, but let me know if we have. Flood. If we have, it's been so long ago that I can't remember either. Okay. So we'll go with flood. Flood. Drake, broadband, swift, and flood. Those are the four words this week. Get on it. 07807183538. Put them in a story. Connect those four words. Send me your connections and we'll read them out at 4.50. Drake, broadband, swift, flood. You can send it by email as well, station at wizardradio.co.uk or facebook.com slash wizardradio on there or on the text as well. Drake, Broadband, Swift and Flood. That is Connect 4 for this week, the inaugural round of Connect 4 with the new dictionary in colour. Coming up after four, I've got Jonas Brothers and Paramore to play you. After the latest news, it's a minute past four right now. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Recommended by doctors as part of a healthy diet. Paramore and still into you on Wizard Radio. Before that, Jonas Brothers Cool. Sally Feldman here. How you doing? Music-wise, the next 50-ish minutes, we've got Rosalia coming up. We've got some Khalid. We've got Jax Jones. That sort of weird country crossover song by Lil Nas as well. Now, though, I have some research to present to you. I have done a research project, a scientific bit of research i might add this is proper to the book like it might as well be a paper except instead of publishing my findings in a, like an academic journal we're doing it on the radio instead and it's something i've noticed over the last few weeks and months which i think is part of a broader trend and i've now i've done the research i've found some proof and i think we can conclude that this is what's going on so my hypothesis is this songs are getting shorter that's right songs music that we all listen to songs that are popular songs that are brand new and will be popular all this kind of music the songs are getting shorter the lengths they're decreasing this is what i think is happening i noticed this particularly because i do the radio and i do the show and we always play eight songs an hour 16 songs in the show and i have found recently that things aren't taking as long as I expect them to. And I'm like, what's going on? Am I talking for not enough time? But actually it's the music that is getting shorter. So I've done some research just to sort of whet your appetite. The last two songs I played you, played Jonas Brothers, played you Paramore. 
The song um, Still Into You by Paramore is from the year 2013. That's about six years ago. It's three minutes, 36 seconds. The song Cool by the Jonas Brothers from 2019. It's only two minutes, 47. That is a difference of 49 seconds that have just disappeared in six years. Now, obviously, two points, that's not a trend. So I've looked, I've looked further. I've looked at all eight songs that I played between three and four this afternoon. And their, their length, I'm not going to read them all out, we've got, you know, 236, 314, 238, 2.32. The longest one was, yeah, three minutes and 14 seconds. And I think that's a bit weird because I compared it to this show exactly a year ago. So on the 14th of April, 2018, when I did the show, played, you know, same as before, eight songs in the first, um, in the first hour. We had three minutes, 3.31, 3.39, 3.13. They were all, th- the longest one was three minutes, 58. They were all, except one, which was two minutes, 57, over three minutes. We have one eighth of them being under three minutes or 12 and a half percent compared to this year when it's 50% under three minutes. See, this is some kind of proof. The mean song length is in the average in 2019 is 2 minutes and 55 seconds compared to 3 minutes 25 in 2018. So that is 30 seconds that have just been wiped out. Wiped out in 12 months. Just gone. Songs are shorter. Um, to illustrate this point some more, we can look again to this show and the amount of time I talk for because we can look at the podcast for the show. Alec Feldman, the podcast. You can get it from all your favourite podcast places. iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Google Podcasts, it's on all of them. And if you look at when the podcast started, which was in October 2018, and you look at the episode lengths, we've got an hour four, an hour three, 56 minutes one week, an hour one, 59 minutes, all in sort of around the one hour mark. If you look at it in the last few weeks, we've got an hour six, an hour five, an hour seven. There's even one that was an hour nine minutes in February. The podcast's getting longer because the songs are getting shorter. What other evidence can I present you with? Um, oh yeah, the number of artists as well. This is an interesting one. As the songs get shorter, they get more and more overstaffed. The number of artists on each song is increasing. For example, in 2018, in 16 songs, there were 24 different artists involved. Or in other words, 1.5 artists per song. In 2019, just 12 months later, in 16 songs, you had 28. That's four more artists or an extra 0.25 artists per song. Because there's now 1.75. What that means, people, is that more people are doing less work. They're getting lazy. All your favorite pop stars, all the new music acts that are coming out at the moment, they are lazy. They can't make a song that's three and a half minutes anymore. That used to be like the de facto length of a song. Just on average, songs are about three and a half minutes. But now, they're not even three minutes, according to my calculations. But also, this has implications if you like to buy music. I know most people stream these days, so it's slightly different. But if you were to go on iTunes and buy the songs, they cost 99p, same as they always have done for as long as I can remember. That works out at 56 sorry 0.56 of a penny per second in 2019 in 2018 you're only paying 0.48p per second of music you're paying more money 
per second than you used to be because the songs are getting shorter. You're paying the same price. All because these pop stars are too lazy to write three and a half minute songs. I can conclude, therefore, that songs are getting shorter. And I can only assume that the logical extension of this is that one day all songs will be about five seconds long. It will be just enough time to say the name of the song. And then that'll be it. That'll be the end. For example, this next song I've got to play, um, it is called Con Altura. It's by Rosalia, featuring J Balvin and El Guincho. That's three people. The song is... Oh, I don't know, actually. Should I, should I check? I haven't looked at it. Two minutes, 41 seconds. That is very short, again. And it's three artists. So if in, so I don't know, five, ten years' time, that song will literally just be two words. It'll be Con Altura, and that'll be the end of the song because they're getting lazy and that is the only place this can end. It is a slippery soap, slope, not soap, slippery slope to songs that are just non-existent. That's where it's going. So I thought I needed to share this alarming research with the world. Do with it what you will. Uh, critique it right to The Guardian. Make a complaint to someone or other, the music labels or iTunes or whoever. Do what you need to do. I think we need to campaign to make songs longer again. Because this is a joke. This isn't acceptable. Not at all. So that is the exclusive research that you heard first on Wizard Radio. And here is the disappointingly short Rosalia and Conaltura. The song's short, not her. Two minutes 41. Unbelievable. Too short. Three people on that. They can't even make a song that's three minutes long. That was Rosalia and Conaltura with J Balvin and El Guincho. And they're all very lazy and don't deserve to be paid the amount they're getting. It's Wizard Radio with Alec. Hey, I have conclusive proof now that we don't deserve nice things. We just, we don't. We've blown it totally. And, and this is why. In a place called Preston, which I don't think I've been to. I've been sort of vaguely near on holiday once. It was, it was a, a, a fairly dull holiday. It's in the northwest of England. It's this little town. Um, I don't want to insult Preston, but I don't think it's hugely exciting. Do I want to say that? I don't know. Preston is Preston, you know. And they've they've done some local business awards. Loads of places do these to celebrate the best of their local area. And, you know, the, the idea was the general public got to vote for um, the best, what was it? The best restaurant in Preston in their local business awards and they put this to a public vote and the two local Preston businesses that came out on top of this public vote were Nando's and Spoons that's right the best two restaurants in Preston are just massive chains great says says a lot about Preston and the quality of the restaurants there. People people weren't entirely happy with this. So, someone saying, uh, it doesn't show Preston in a great light. Yeah. You can say that again. Um, blah, what else they're saying? Just want to give local businesses a chance is what they're saying. Some people saying it's a bit like Boaty McBoatface. But I don't know. I don't think it is quite the same. That was just people going, ha, huh, wouldn't it be funny to have a boat named Boaty McBoatface? This is just people going, yeah, I see that we are, we have these nice local restaurants operating here in Preston, but nah, screw that, I want to go to Spoons. 
I mean, fair enough if that's the choice they're making, but they they don't deserve all these these independent traders. Clearly not. If they're just gonna pick Nando's and Weatherspoons, then what's the point? Why do they get up in the morning? That's all I'm saying. It's just further proof, I think, that if you give the public a vote on something, they'll they'll get it wrong. They'll do something stupid, and this is why we don't deserve to have nice things. So next time, if you if you are listening in Preston, next time you go to your local Spoons or Nando's, I'd say feel bad, feel very guilty that you have deprived the best local businesses of Preston their local business in Preston award because you've given it to Nando's. Do you think do you think the head of Nando's, um, whatever his name is, I think his name's like Dan Nose or something. Do you think he would appreciate the award for being the best restaurant in Preston? Probably not. Whereas one of your local Preston restaurateurs. Actually, might, but oh well. You've made your decision. What can I do? If that's the will of the Preston, then that is the will of the Preston. Enjoy your your hot sauce on your chicken wings, uncultured. Khalid, my bad, is playing right now. It's Wizard Radio. Khalid and my bad on Wizard Radio. Bear, bear with me a second. I'm I'm trying to make a point here. Khalid, my bad, which is. Two minutes and 42 seconds. Unbelievable. You see what I mean? I'm not kidding. I'm not going to let this one go for a while. Anyway, hi, I'm Alec. Thanks for listening. Um, I have a problem. It's a problem I've picked up on before anyone else has, but it is a problem directly relating to me, which the problem is a sort of catchphrase that I've adopted inadvertently. I don't know where it came from, it just suddenly popped into my head one day as a thing, I should say. It just felt right at the time. And now, I can't stop saying it. Every time there's a potential opportunity to say it, I, I say it. And I hate myself for doing it, but I do. It has become a catchphrase of my own. I can't stand it. The phrase in question, I think it comes from The Simpsons. Though I couldn't remember which episode. It's just a thing that's... I guess, deeply embedded somewhere in my brain and something happened that brought it up and then it was like, that's what you should say. And then I said it and now I can't stop. Do you want to hear what the phrase is? I think there should be, hopefully, a clip of this phrase. This is the phrase. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Yes, I can't stop saying uh-oh, SpaghettiOs at any moment in my life. It's so hard. Occasionally, I have been around people where they'd look at me like I'm an idiot if I were to say, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Uh-oh, and it's really difficult to hold your tongue and not say, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. And just say, oh, oh dear, oh no. It, just, it works so much better in every situation. But I know it's a stupid thing to say and annoying. And I need to stop saying it. But I just can't. I can't train myself not to say, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs anymore. Uh-oh, I need to stop. I have a problem. I will seek help. But whilst I do that, I just... I need to know, are there any exclamations, expressions, sayings that you can't stop using, even though they are really annoying? Such as Uh this one. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs! Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Like that. Have you got anything for me that is like that, that you need need help to stop saying because it gets on everyone's nerves, including your own? But it just comes so instinctively like a reflex. If someone says, oh, bother, 
I've given myself a paper cut. Uh oh, spaghettios. Uh -oh, oh no, spaghetti my printer's broken. Uh oh, spaghettios. Uh -oh, oh, I've spilt my water everywhere. Uh oh, spaghettios. Spaghetti I need to stop. I need to stop. 07807 183 538. If you have one of these phrases that you use at inopportune moments all of the time, or at Wiz Radio on Twitter, station at wizardradio.co.uk on the email, what exclamations and phrases and catchphrases have you started using and you can't help yourself but they're so annoying i need to know thank you very much maybe i'll take them on as well on top of saying uh-oh spaghettios at every given opportunity i think we should give it a go so you do that in the meantime i will play you some songs one of those songs is that wiley and idris Elba song which is mad before that another song that has too many people on it's Jax Jones and that new one with loads of other people called All Day and Night, which is, by the way, a certified banger. But I thought, let's learn a bit about Martin Solvig, who is one of the people who is on this track, one of many. Let's learn some things about him. I've done some research. I've got some facts. They're all real. So let's have a 60-second guide, shall we? Alex, totally accurate. Definitely not made up 60-second guide. Martin Solvig is a Dutch footballer who currently plays for Manchester City and the Netherlands national team. He impressed friends from a very young age with his raw football talent when playing out on the street, and whenever he played in PE lessons at school, people would be terrified to be up against Martin Solvig. His exceptionally long and hairless legs meant there were no match for him, and many were even hospitalised as a result of being on the wrong end of his tackle. Not like that. He was scouted by a Dutch league team at 15, and by 20 he was playing for Ajax. He's best known for the incident where, upon tripping someone over to gain possession of the ball, he accidentally kicked them in the head. He explained this by saying, It was so round and bold and shiny, I got confused. He was given a red card, and the matter was settled out court. Please note, he is not to be confused with Martins, Jensen, Garricks, Clunes, or Luther King. And that's Martin Solving in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Saturdays 3 till 5. Wizard Radio. That was Wiley, Stefan Don, Sean Paul, and Idris Elba with Boasty. I'd like to think that if um, he ever does become James Bond, that is the theme tune they use. Before that, Jax Jones, Martin Solvig, Madison Beer, all day and night. I'm Alec. How's it going? Coming up, I have that Lil Nas song, which is the country song everyone's like, oh, this is weird. Is it country? Is it not? Mm, decide for yourself soon. And Anita before five o'clock when Miles is on. So, talking about exclamations that you can't help yourself from using this is because i have a strange compulsion to use the phrase uh oh spaghettios whenever anything mildly inconvenient happens and i need to stop and i will stop but i, I just can't not yet soon soon um ollie sent me a message he says when i was in primary school i would always use the word don't like homer from the simpsons they always come from the simpsons I don't know why. I thought it was really cool at the time, and now I regret it massively. I really thought that saying "dow" was a personality trait, when really it was just me being extremely annoying. I can relate to that, Ollie, almost exactly, because I think I did the same thing. I had a phase of doing that when I was probably eight or nine, which being really annoying. But just like you, I thought it was a personality trait. You put that perfectly. I feel like I'm looking in the mirror when you sent me that message. I also 
I also went one further and did the whole like whenever stuff bad stuff happened to people, I go ha ha like Nelson. That really wound people up. I'm glad to say I grew out of that one. Just like now, I hope I can grow out of saying uh oh spaghettios. Penny sent a message. This isn't an exclamation per se, but I keep saying the phrase. No offense, but which makes no sense because whenever I say it, I'm almost definitely about to offend someone. <laughs> It's no excuse for offending someone. I say it the whole time, but whenever I think about the phrase, it annoys me. That is kind of annoying because, like you say, saying the phrase doesn't then exempt you from causing offence. If I were like, no offence, but you're really ugly, that I'd still have called them ugly and they would be offended. There's no real situation where you could go, oh, none taken. Don't worry about it. However, worse than that, Penny, I would say... Worse than saying no offence before something offensive is saying no offence before just a general statement that would never be offensive. For example, no offence, but the sky is grey. No offence, but you're drinking water. No offence, but I'm on the radio. That doesn't make sense. That's not what no offence means. You're doing it wrong. So at least you're not doing that, Penny. You have that at least to make you feel good and reassured uh, Jessica as well says I really don't want to stop using this phrase because I actually find it really funny but whenever someone's annoying me I say I'm not trying to tell you what to do but if I were you or also she says I'm not trying to tell you to shut up but if I were you you should properly stop talking oh so patronising I love it so patronising. I think it's the most British way, says Jessica, not me. Uh, most British way to tell someone to stop talking or do something different. It's so passive-aggressive. It's true. You're dead right on that one. The single most passive-aggressive thing you can do or say, listen, you can do whatever you want, obviously, but I really think you should you should shut up now. Yeah, before, before something bad happens. Hmm... Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect combination of patronising and passive-aggressive. Um, but if you if you don't want to stop using that one, fine. Just maybe use it on the right people, not people that just get really angry with you and never talk to you again. Use it, use it wisely and selectively and not sort of every couple of hours like I do with uh-oh, spaghettios, and you'll be fine. Georgia says, recently I've started using throwbacks from five years ago is phrases um she's given me a few examples here yolo has come back into her vocabulary recently lol ruffle she says though it's not as bad as my friend who literally explains emojis out loud uh for example you'll say something funny and they'll just respond by saying laughing whilst crying emoji like stop it it isn't funny i i feel this um have I ever? I think I've been known to say a ruffle occasionally and then sort of stop myself and gone, why have you done that? Yeah, it's not cool. What other words were really in use once and then have totally fallen away? Swag. No one ever says swag anymore. Should we try and bring, bring swag back on the show? Um, some swaggy Connect 4 is coming up soon. It's Alec the Swagmeister Feldman on Wizard Radio. Swag. Yeah, I think we could we could do that. About the emoji thing, I did have an interesting experience with this quite recently, actually, which was that when I 
was using the voice assistant, Google Assistant, my phone. I have emojis next to the names of some of my contacts, and it reads the emojis whenever um, it says their name. So if if you were like, oh, cool mum, it'll be like, calling mum, bowl of pasta, and it just leads you to believe that your mum is called mum bowl of pasta. It's quite funny. Or calling your sister, bow, because she has a little bow emoji, not like a rapper going, bow, off of... 20 years ago so that's quite a funny one Anna have a message from Anna as well this isn't me but an indirect one of my friends who usually listens to your show <gasps> oh really is this show being used to throw shade I'm so here for this a friend who usually listens to my show this is from Anna who uses the phrase are you okay at the most annoying times she'll see someone crying and then go up to them to comfort them and go are you okay once she was sleeping over at my house, I stubbed my toe and she just goes, Oh, are you okay? How do you think I am? I'm not okay. Stop asking that question when the answer is obvious. Okay, I couldn't really see where you were going there, Anna, at the start. Because um, normally that like that makes sense. If you want to know how someone is, if they look like they're distressed, you would ask, are you okay? But I suppose, yeah, if it is blindingly obvious, then there's a good reason not to ask and just go what's up instead or yeah okay fine you can you're allowed to use the show to throw shade if that's how you want to do it so shout out to anna's friend if you're listening and you use the phrase are you okay a bit too much then uh-oh spaghettios she's just aired you on the radio no i've got to stop doing that my god no i need to play a song and get that phrase out of my head in the meantime this is lil naz x with old town road swizz radio is this a joke? Is this an actual joke? On the week, I talk about a s- the songs getting shorter. Songs being too short, the average length decreasing over time. I play a song that is 1 minute and 53 seconds long. Are you kidding me? That's in- insane. That's so stupid. You might as well not show up if it's 1 minute 53. It's not worth being there. What- what's going on? What's happening? Something weird is going on. Anyway, that was Lil Nas X, Old Town Road. The song has created a lot of discussion about what genre it is. I think that discussion is misplaced. They should be talking about why it's so short. If I bought that song, I would want a discount. I'd go, no, I could listen to this twice in under the length of one song. So either cut the price or give me two songs. I've just looked on his, his Spotify page. There seems to be only two songs. One is called, um, well, I can't actually say it. One of the words is Sonic, and the other is a, a, a word for poo. I want to hear that one. How long's that? Let's see. That one's slightly more respectable at 2.22. Lil Nas, you're having a laugh, mate. Easiest money is ever made. One minute. F- okay, I've got to drop this. Otherwise, I'll probably, I don't know, burst a blood vessel or something. <laughs> All right. Nearly finished. Time for Connect Four. Um, before four o'clock, you got the words Drake, Broadband, Swift, and Flood. And as we established, it was a very exciting day because those words were chosen not by the Oxford Mini School Dictionary, published 2004, no, but the Oxford Mini School Dictionary in colour, published 2007. And what a difference those three years made because 
the words Drake, Broadband and Swift probably wouldn't have been in the 2004 one. Um, Drake, by the way, is referring to a small duck or something. Not, you know, Drake off of turning the O2 into the O3. And Swift again is like quick, not Taylor. But still, the point still stands. What a revolution this has been for the game. So let's have a look at the connections to win the game so much that you can win the game. You just have to come up with a connection that I find funnier than the other ones. And we started this last week. There is now sort of a prize. I don't give you the prize. The prize really just me saying your mum will make you something nice for dinner. That That's it. I don't have to do anything. You're, it's all on your mum. She can listen to me or not, but the prize is just me saying that. So who shall I give a nice dinner to this week, courtesy of your mum? Harry is up first. This is his connection. I really wanted to see Drake at the O2 this week. See, perfect. Straight in there with Drake. But I had a big problem in trying to buy the tickets. I loaded the tickets website on my computer when they first went on sale. And just as the tickets went on sale, my broadband messed up. Oh no! It dropped out and I couldn't load the website properly. Well, you know how much there is for Drake tickets. Oh yeah, it's all I've seen on Instagram for the last week. No matter how swift I got the internet working again, they were all sold out. The floodgates had already opened and everyone had taken the tickets. The flood of posts on Instagram this week didn't help with my FOMO either. He put flood in there twice. That's showing off. However, this is the big point I would like to call um, Harry out on. It is the sentence, no matter how swift I got the internet working again, they were all sold out. It doesn't make grammatical sense. I'm sorry. I like what you've tried to do there. But it, it doesn't work. Because it's, it's no matter how swiftly. It's a, an adjective or an adverb or something. I don't really know. Either way doesn't quite make sense but i appreciate the effort and i think actually other than that it was all pretty seamless everything was slotted in there nicely the floodgates had opened perfect very good other than the grammatical error on the word swift next remember the four connect four words this week are drake broadband swift and flood we have charlotte the other week my dad was telling me about what the internet was like before broadband when it was dial-up, he said how you couldn't be on the phone whilst you were using the internet. Or, you know, the home phone. Landline. Yes, I know what a landline is. And how it would take forever for the internet to load. You'd have a homepage you could personalise to log into the internet. His personalised homepage was of a drake. Yes, a male duck. When he got broadband, he was so impressed with how swift the connection was. His way of describing the difference was, dial-up is letting... Dial-up is like releasing water with a pipette. Broadband is like water coming through in a flood. Very, very nicely done. I respect that. That's a nice little metaphor. All in all, a good submission. Is there anything I can sort of pick out to criticise or praise? I mean, anything that mentions dial-up is good in my book. Um, we had, yeah, Drake. A male duck is your internet homepage. Nowadays, you're more likely to have actual Drake as your, your wallpaper, but that's how it was. It was the 90s. There were crazy days. People would have pictures of a duck as their landing page when they opened up Netscape. Even I'm too young to know what Netscape is, but I've heard of it because, like, Internet Explorer killed it. There was a massive court case. Don't worry about it. 
Netscape was what people used to go on the internet before Chrome and before Internet Explorer. You know, never mind. Good entry. Thank you very much, Charlotte. Kelly is up next. A while ago, my dad put an angry message in our group chat, but it was a really confusing message because it's about how expensive our broadband bill has become because we just use the internet the whole time. But instead of writing broadband, it had auto-corrected to broad beans by accident, which is really funny. When he went to look at the breakdown of why it was so expensive, it just said video streaming, which is probably my sister and I watching Drake videos. And also on New Year's Eve, we watched the Taylor Swift reputation film on Netflix. Also, I've been watching loads of videos of floods because of my geography homework. So that may have contributed to the bill too. Ah, yes, those pesky flood videos pushing your cost of broad beans up. That's quite funny, almost because it's very believable. The whole auto-correcting to broad beans thing. Is that something you could make up? Who knows? But I rate that. We got all the words, yes. Broadband in there a couple of times. Taylor Swift and Drake, the artist, as expected. That was an easy one. That was a gift. And then floods for geography rounded off all four words very nicely. A good effort from Kelly. And the last one we got time for this week comes from Sam. This message is going to be very swift, Alec. Very good. I'm concerned about our environment. You should know that. The rising sea levels is going to result in flood after flood in our local areas. Done it twice because he's so confident. Animals such as birds, ducks, or male ducks, which is a drake, will drown. Our infrastructure such as phone lines, broadband lines, and more will collapse. It will be terror. And this is why you should care about the environment. It's urgent. I really admire that message because it's an important message about the environment. We should all do more to protect our planet, yet it's wrapped up in the form of a very fun, lighthearted game, and he gets all the words in seamlessly, which is very, very good. An important message for everyone from Sam, so thanks for playing a very good job. So, which is the best this week? Which of you will be able to ask your mum for a special dinner that she'll then go, no, I've already decided what we make. you can't have it. Who should it be? Will it be Harry? who wanted to see Drake at the O2 but couldn't because his broadband went down? Will it be Charlotte, whose dad was telling her about dial-up? Will it be Kelly, whose broad beans bill was too expensive? Or will it be Sam, who cares about the planet? I like the planet. I like the broad beans typo. I even like dial-up. It's a difficult one this week. But I think it's going to go to... Hmm... I think Kelly. I like Kelly's one about the broad beans and the internet bill. So she can win. You can ask your mum, dad, parent, guardian for a special dinner in celebration of your Connect Four win. That doesn't mean you'll get it, but you can ask courtesy of me. Just tell them Alex said you could and it'll be fine. Thanks for playing, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. The show is now over. I'm finished for another week. If you want more of me in your life, there are lots of ways you can do it. You can go on to wizardradio.co.uk. There'll be highlights, clips. You can get Alec Feldman, the podcast, which will have everything from the show in without the music. Not that the music isn't is even that long. It doesn't make much of a difference these days. And you can catch me on Friday as well for the weekly mixtape, three till four, an hour of throwback tunes. I've recorded a fresh batch, so you can listen to them every Friday. Mars Wikorski is coming up next. Have a good week. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. There goes another episode of Alec Feldman, the podcast. Wasn't that some great content? Come back next week for more audio-based fun.